Hello, everyone. Uh, this is your host, Trey Dunneville. Um, I want to take a moment before the episode starts to say thank you. Um, getting this particular episode together presented some novel challenges uh, between a new location, uh, multiple guests, new equipment, and having a live audience with threats of heckling if the show didn't go to their liking. Um, but uh, thanks to all those people involved uh, in this show, uh, it came together wonderfully, particularly for my first live recording. Um, so I want to say thank you to everyone, uh, particularly want to say thank you to uh, Josh Silverman, uh, Ali Hawkman with Star Hill Brewery and the whole team at Star Hill Brewery. I really appreciate you kind of making some accommodations uh, there to give me a space and the team uh, making some adjustments when, when I saw some stuff that might need to move to make things better. So I appreciate that effort um, and the whole team there. Uh, and clearly thanks to the guests, uh, Carmen Hamlin and Clark Jones with RBA Moore. I uh, really appreciate meeting you guys. Uh, and talking to you and having this meaningful conversation we were able to have during the panel discussion about RBA Moore and all the works that you all were doing there. Uh, Chiron Copeland, uh, appreciate you you coming out um, and talking about UCG and, and new writers um, and the things that are going on in that community. I really appreciate you coming out. Uh, Brantley Tyndale, uh, I appreciate all the work that you and the team are doing over Bike Work RBA, particularly Get Bike Month together and all the things that you do to uh, make the community safer um, and for the cycling community and the walking and running community as well. Um, but uh, I want to say thanks. Um, and thanks to everybody who came out and, and listened uh, live and who may have tuned in uh, to the live stream. I really appreciate that. I appreciate the support. But I did want to take a moment to say thanks before the episode starts. Um, but otherwise... Uh, I present to you the Will Community Podcast, live from Star Hill Brewery. Uh, thank you all for, for joining me. Uh, we will we work our ways through this. Um, if I can get everyone to introduce themselves, start here, um, you to my left. Uh, my name is Clark Jones. Okay. I'm with uh, RBA Moore and Pocahontas State Park. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and to my right, moving over. I'm Brantley Tyndall, director of Bike Walk RVA and president of Virginia Bicycling Federation. Awesome. Uh, how you doing? Kyron Copeland, uh, director with Urban Cycling Group. All right. And I'm Carmen Hamlin. I'm also on the board of RVA Moore and lead uh, RVA Joyriders. Awesome. Uh, thank you all uh, for, for joining me uh, as You're we welcome. work through this kind of thing. Um, um, so either way, um, now, I'm mostly a roadie, so like, can you, Clark, Carmen, explain a little bit more about RVA Moore and, and like, what does RVA Moore actually do? Well, RVA Moore is the local mountain biking trail chapter and trail advocacy group. We are a nonprofit and we are an IMBA, International Mountain Bike Association chapter. We are the local Richmond chapter for IMBA. Okay, IMBA, wait, IMBA stands for? International Mountain Bike Association. Okay. I've heard of the International Mountain Bike Association. Thank you. Um, uh, Brantley, organization you are with here? Uh, Bike Walk RVA is the advocacy organization within sports backers, and we advocate for safe places to bike and walk, so largely bike lanes, paved trails, crosswalks, sidewalks, and slower cars. Okay, awesome, awesome. Chiron, uh, you're with uh, UCG? Okay, uh, Urban Second Group, uh, we're a group um, that was founded about a couple years ago where our main focus is, um, you know, getting, um, introducing people to cycling and getting people out on their bikes, uh, one, um, to improve health and uh, engage the community. So that's awesome. kind of the overall goal of UCG. Awesome. Awesome. Um, like I said, thank you all for, for showing up here. Um, so, like, what, what are the things going on with, like, RVA Moore? Like, um, like uh, what, are, what are the things Well, RVA Moore uh, helps build and maintain uh, a lot of the single-track mountain bike trails in the Richmond, Virginia area, um, i.e. James River Park System, mm -hmm. uh, Pocahontas State Park. Uh, we just, about a year ago, completed a pump track project that we had been working on for three-plus years out in Deep Run Park. Okay. Um, you know, we, we've, it, it's, a lot of it is in maintenance right now. Uh, we're working on finishing up a trail out in Pocahontas where we're going to have a June 4th ribbon cutting for a trail called the Jerry Trail. Okay. Uh, that, that new trail system is in thanks to 
uh, park user that stepped up and donated a very large sum of money to help get the new parking lot, the Loop Forest parking lot built. Okay. Um, and where is that? This is this Jerry Trail. Where is that going to be at then again? The Jerry Trail is on the western end of the Swift Creek Trails. Okay. Um, I would say it's the, the northwest part of the park. Northwest off part Newbies of the Bridge park. Road. Off of right? Newbies Bridge, right in that corner between Newbies Bridge and Courthouse Road. For those of us that's, that aren't as good with that kind of geography, <laughs> if you take a left onto the fire road after the first uphill section of Blueberry. Okay, that's correct. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So for most people, if they're riding, let's say, Blueberry, which is a very popular trail, if you take that all the way down to the bottom of the downhill Blueberry, turn right on the fire road, go to the top of the fire road where it intersects with Hawkins Forest, turn right on Hawkins Forest and go up about half a mile on that fire road, the start will be on the left. Okay. And it's going to end up being a 4.3 mile loop, so the okay. start and finish will be at the same point. Okay. Uh, basically an intermediate, beginner to intermediate level trail, but it should entertain all skill levels. Awesome. Okay. Um, and you say it takes about like three years to get this like this thing planned and well no the the three year was referencing the um pump track that we built out in deep run park okay this trail here we've been working on this for about the past two years okay to get you know a little over four miles built so it's like a planning stage i mean this is we go out and survey the woods themselves um then eventually we do, uh, we hang tape where we want the corridor to do. We'll look at topographical maps and whatnot and figure out um, where the elevation is. Okay. And then we go hang tape and we create a corridor, kind of a visual marker system through the woods. We do that during the winter so that you can see the terrain. And then eventually, with the help of a lot of great volunteers and corporate people and uh, we just basically get started on it. Okay. We start clearing that trail corridor. Okay. And we do it in phases. You know, you have to do the push, the initial push, which is just clearing off all the... We don't ever cut big trees. We cut okay. small pole trees. Okay. And we make our path through the woods so that we don't have to um, have a negative effect on the environment. But, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so we just work on it, and meanwhile, we still have 50 other miles of trail at Pocahontas to take care of. So when there's a storm or when there's other things that have a greater need, the build of the trail goes on hold for a little bit and, mm-hmm. and tend to other needs of the trail system as well. Um, and if I can give Clark a little bit of uh, yeah. a little supplement here, I've been to a couple of those volunteer sessions, and you'd be amazed at how many families are out there and, like, yeah. kids swinging pickaxes and yeah. hammers and uh, it's and like to get to those sections they're working on, you got to walk a mile into the woods. Like it's yeah. a pretty awesome experience seeing all um, those folks out there. And I've seen that, but I've not seen I've seen pictures of, of people doing the, the volunteer work out on the trails. But I was not sure like what all that entailed. Um, it's it's very involved, and I don't know if we have enough time. But, um, <laughs> but it's a great process because we encourage everybody to okay. come out and get involved. It's a it's a great social thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kids and families and husbands and wives and just a, a real wide variety of people that choose to get involved. Okay. And, and uh, just help do something pretty cool for the overall community. Okay. It'll be another great addition to uh, the trails that we already have out there okay. and to the overall bike community in the Richmond area. Nice. Um, and I've managed to get out there to, to Pocahontas uh, twice. Um, one for pre-ride before Monster Cross, and then you know one time for Monster Cross. My my off-roading is is, is in the baby level right now. Like four roads. months, yeah, yeah, yeah. the gravel roads. Yeah. Well, there's 65 miles of gravel roads, so when the trails are closed like they were yesterday, unfortunately, um, because we've had almost four inches of rain this past mm-hmm. week, uh, there's still a way for you to you know get your spin on. It, yeah. You know? so, okay. Um, it's a it's a good thing. It's an 8,000 acre park. It's the largest state park in Virginia, and uh, you know if you can't do one thing, there's usually something else that it okay. can provide. So there's room for more. There's, there's room always room, room for, for more. more. Okay, yeah. more trail. Okay, <laughs> um, and speaking of more trails, um, and Brantley, like, what's the development with? Can I ask you what's the? 
I would say the status of the fall line trail, like what's going on with that, if you can speak to that in some, some, some minor degree. Sure. Uh, it's currently the end of May 2022, yeah. and we don't know what the General Assembly's budget is yet, so okay. it's a bit of an odd year as it relates to that, but there is some trail funding that's being um, negotiated right now and should be public this upcoming week. Okay. Uh, anywhere between zero and $90 million for multi-use trails across the state, so we'll okay. see how that goes. Um, the... Uh, but the fall line in particular is a 43-mile paved trail between Ashland and Petersburg that goes right through the heart of um, the city of Richmond and crosses three rivers. Uh, you can think about it like the Virginia Capitol Trail, but instead of the, the Capitol Trail going east and west, it'll go north and south, and it will, um, instead of avoiding urban and populated sections of these localities, the seven localities it'll go through, it really aims for those sections so that okay. people can get on it, people it can use it okay. for transportation and all kinds of other um, trips and and so the Capitol Trail is awesome, but it's probably going to be rural for most of its alignment for a long time. Whereas okay. the ca the fall line is designed to really connect people where Go they are. Go through the communities. Okay, nice. And where we are right now is the the number that's been floating around uh, with state officials, VDOT, and some of our partners around the region is we have about two hundred and twenty million dollars raised for it at this point, and that's without any of that that state funding that I was mentioning. Okay, sort of still being up in the air. Uh, with, and the price tag is currently about $265 million, so okay. we're, we have significantly funded. Uh, okay. And this, this story is very different from the Capitol Trail, where um, it, was, it was new. Uh, people in the region weren't really sure right. um, what they were getting, and um, so it was funded in little fits and spurts, a million dollars mm -hmm. at a time, half a mile at a time, yeah. whereas the fall line, uh, the, really the success of the Capitol Trail has led to our local leaders, our state leaders, and our, even our federal senators saying, Let's get this thing funded and built fast. Uh, and we happen to be at a time when infrastructure money is is kind of about to start raining down from the federal government, and they're going to have to figure out how to spend it. And the fall line has captured a lot of people's attention for the past three years. Um, and uh, we're we 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 took a good bet, I guess, three years ago, and now we're really seeing it pay off uh, okay. with a little bit of luck okay. in terms of the timing for everything. And um, you're going to start seeing sections of the fall line built as early as next year. Uh, basically building outward in uh, okay. from the, the very short completed section in Ashland um, all the way down to and just over the Chickahominy River. So that's okay. all of Hanover and a little bit of um, Henrico County. Okay. Um, that VDOT's going to start working on that with some of the regional money that the Central Virginia Transportation Authority um, contributed to that project. And then from the southern end in Petersburg all the way up to Chester Village in Chester uh, Chesterfield County. Okay. Uh, those projects should be underway uh, in terms of like actually physically with construction as early as next year. Okay. Um, so 265 is the, the, the budgeted amount for the 265 million. Okay. That number will change every day for the next five to eight years, but that's what we're working with right now. Right, right. With, with what is projected out right now. So, like, um, what's, the, what's the timeline for like if we, you say there's a section that's already completed in Ashland, like a part that's already been worked on? Or there's a half mile section completed in Ashland okay. that started 10 years ago okay. and, uh, before the concept of the fall line was okay. even right. a thing. Okay. Um, what's a, what's the timeline for like completion roughly-ish? You I say roughly. Yeah. Well, I would say that uh, you never know until it's done. Like you, there's so many things that can sure. be not predicted, like a pandemic or all kinds of other things. Correct, um, correct. And, we, and uh, you know, as much as we didn't predict the pandemic, we didn't predict three years ago that there would be a huge infrastructure funding influx from the federal government. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to know and predicting the future is a very difficult thing. But the sure. numbers that we've been saying uh, with VDOT and our local partners has been five to eight years for okay. completion, okay. Um, which is, a, you would call that a little bit faster than, than the Virginia Capitol Trail. Okay. Um, it helps that we have the funding, but it also, that's a little bit counterbalanced by how tricky some of the sections will be to, to build because they're going through built out urban sections already. And the the Capitol Trail was like twenty years, wasn't it? Like, was it like in the like from from planning to like actually completed thing, right? I'm, I'm, I think the earliest ideas were in the very late '90s, so we okay. can think about sort of the year 2000, and it was completed in 2015. Yeah. Obviously, like in the year 2000, nobody was predicting that the World Championships would come, and that would be a big mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of energy to leverage for getting it funded and completed by like a set deadline. Okay. So. 
it was like I don't know about a quarter of it seemed to be completed right at the very end yeah. uh, because of the World Championships coming. Um, so who knows what like that's going to be in five or eight years. Okay. But uh, the construction, the ground was broke in 2005 okay. and finished in 2015. So about 10 years of construction. Okay. We'd like to see it a little bit faster than that, and it helps when you have the funding already. That would be great um, to, to have that funding secured. Um, particularly, I didn't know there was that much funding was actually been secured already. I thought it was um, not that there isn't quite a lot to still acquire, um, you know, to, to secure the rest of it. Um, but that is that is good to hear. Are there um, are there other trails kind of in the plans or anything like that? What's other infrastructure that's like in the works at all or thought of? Well. Yes, and I and certainly I I I I, you can I don't want the fall line to like yeah. crowd out other really important discussions. And you know, I talk primarily about paved and transportation-related trails. Sure. And uh, what Clark and Carmen and uh, Imba and, and yeah. RBA Moore are working on are are uh, actually there's there's some overlap that we don't really talk about all that much in terms of being able to commute or recreate on crushed stone trails. And mm -hmm. so there there is opportunities for those as well. Okay. But we. Our strategy for the past maybe two years has been let's get as much energy as we can into the fall line because everything else is going to want to come off of it okay. and it really makes it easy to to work with our locality partners to get the federal and state grants to build these projects so that's the thing that like it's not sexy people don't talk about it but that's that's the difference between you having an idea and actually getting the trail built mm -hmm. um, people are going to want to connect to the fall line. So the fall line is going to go to the eastern side of the government center in Chesterfield County. Okay. On the western side of that is Pocahontas State Park. It's like okay. when the fall line gets built through there, people are going to say, gosh, we're so close to P Poca. How can right. we get there? Right. And so uh, I look forward to two or three, five years from now saying, like, we can really make spur trails that get you to Pocahontas and you yeah. can ride your bike from Petersburg or from the city and have a really safe, easy way to get to um Pocahontas State Park. Of course, it doesn't have to be the fall line that does that. There, right. there's an, there have been existing plans that go through more directly kind of southwest um, through the Pocasham uh, corridor that would connect you to the northern side of that. So I'd love to see that built and like, you know, have one paved option and one crushed stone option if you want to ride your mountain bike or a gravel bike. Uh, I think that the future could be really presents a lot of opportunities for that kind of thing. Okay. And so I think the biggest sort of next step is the regional uh, metropolitan planning organization again these topics are not very sexy but yeah. like the, the regional transportation organization just passed and approved its bike ped RBA 2045 plan which identifies 770 miles of bike lanes and trails in the Richmond region so that's a 20-year vision of where they're gonna start seeking funding and starting to build um, or design and build bike lanes and trails that really connect stuff. 15 years ago, we would build a bike lane and it would not connect to anything. Yeah. For, for the, for, you know, indefinitely for the foreseeable future. We still yeah. have some of those bike lanes not connected to anything. Yeah. And I think the next 10 years are going to be, how do we connect those uh, extant bike lanes and also improve them in the process so that the network is really the, the vision that we're going for. Okay. Because we want to be able to bike from James River Park System to Pocahontas State Park. And I want to be able to bike from Petersburg to Ashland, but also like maybe take a little spur trail to the uh, Green City or, you know, mm -hmm. all, all the destinations that are along the way, yeah. including 30 different schools and universities in, in that corridor. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, we don't want to just end up just this thinking of the, well, there's other trails that certainly will come, potentially, hopefully come off the, the fall line trail, you know, connecting these, these other pathways, these other communities that are along the way. If I can give one quick little plug, and this is a, uh -oh. a vision that you have, to, you have to really be paying attention to, but I think in the future it's going to be really publicly, um, kind of understood. You have the fall line trails north and south between Ashland and Petersburg. Uh, that will connect to the James, to the Virginia Capitol Trail somewhere around Browns Island, Manchester Bridge, Kanawha Plaza area. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a pretty easy to understand way to get down to the canal walk from the north side of the Manchester Bridge uh, that will get you down to the Virginia Capitol Trail. You can take that all the way east to uh, the Benjamin Harris Bridge and cross the James River down to Hopewell and then the future Appomattox River Trail that our friends at the Friends of the Lower Appomattox River, uh, aka Folar, are working on, you'd be able to take that trail west to the, the southern terminus of the fall line and make a triangle-shaped loop that I affectionately call the Dorito. Um, <laughs> that would be like, imagine just being able to park somewhere along that trail and do right, a loop of it loop, and then yeah. go to a brewery somewhere. You know, mm -hmm. So I think that's the vision. It's just going to take us 10 years probably to get that done. Yeah. But if we, if we, if 
I mean, we make people aware of that, right? The, the, these ideas, these plans, right? Then you can hopefully get closer to that. We have to give it a good brand, and I haven't uh, asked Dorito if we can use their name yet, but <laughs> I, 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 I think we'll, we'll uh, I'll ask them for about $10 million when we do that. Um, and, and on that, like, so how do we get more people, like, introduced to the, to the trails that we have and that we're potentially going to have like how do we get more people on them to use them like what are, what are well I'd love to ask Kyron on that on I'll yeah. say that we <laughs> were about at the end of our annual um, RVA bike month program mm -hmm. we've now been doing that for nine years last year was a little funny we did it in October so it was only about mm -hmm. seven months ago that we did the last one but you know 11 months of the year we're trying to we're working with our state regional government partners to fund design and build these bike lanes and trails and do all the kind of paperwork heavy um, aspects of that work but one month of the year and the couple of months leading up to it we try to really encourage people to get out ride um, have their own events have their own programs and so thank you so much Trey for incorporating this uh, live podcast recording and the wheel community being a part of what we can do and I know that planning this in a live setting takes a little bit of extra work so I appreciate that so your, your event here this podcast recording is much like all the other events that we do for RBA Bike Month where we ask community partners who already already have a great idea that they're implementing or that they want to have a, a reason to try something new um, to incorporate into kind of the, the cultural understanding of what biking is in the Richmond region and how to get involved. So okay. if you're new, there's something that you can join and kind yeah. of like um, uh, kind of participate in someone else's good idea. Or if you've been around for a long time, you can use, you can bring your good idea to the table and, and have a platform for getting it started where um, you know, I guess you can help you have a couple of your decisions made in terms of when, where, who, how, and uh, instead of trying to pull something out of thin air at yeah. another time during the year. Yeah. Um, now, now, Kyron, with with UCG, like, how you all like bring in in new riders? Because I, I imagine that everyone's like, you know, been riding for 20 years, kind of thing. That's riding with the group. Like, how are you all incorporating new riders, um, you know, into the into the group or people who are trying to get introduced to cycling? Uh, so it depends, um, you know, as far as new riders uh, being introduced to the group. Um, some come with experience, some do not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for those who do not, uh, we do have, uh, quote unquote, we have beginner groups okay. or beginner rides. Nice. Um, and so, um, you know, sometimes, you know, every day we can't provide them, but for the majority we have a weekly uh, beginner ride that occurs. Um, yeah. And then we do our big uh, monthly ride with us event. Mm -hmm. um, we always have three groups. We have... Um, a B group, I mean a C group, which is more 10 miles, beginner ride, Yeah. you know, uh, go at a chill pace, uh, mm -hmm. stop a couple times, you know, introduce, talk about gearing, talking about, you know, are you enjoying this, making sure yeah. the person or individuals are enjoying themselves on the ride. Then we have a B group, uh, which probably wants to go a little bit more faster, but yeah. not at that um, intermediate advanced level yeah. where they're clipped in and have the yeah. kid, the whole right. jersey, yeah. they just may yeah. have a a road bike or just pretty strong on a hybrid and yeah. so then we have kind of our a group which are those who are you know kitted up um, yeah. clipped in have a road bike um, and a little bit more knowledgeable about uh, cycling okay and so um, you know depending on where you come in into UCG um, it's kind of where you you know we have those different levels and then we offer you know we really kind of focus on our beginners um, yeah. just really um, try not to discourage anyone because yeah. it's easy to get on that bike, especially mm -hmm. if you, you know, a lot of times uh, what we hear was, uh, I've been riding, you know, I rode when I was a kid, and then, yeah. then you ride as an adult, and it's a totally different experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is, as true. a kid, you could ride a fixie gear and never thought, going, never thought twice going above a hill. As an adult, you ride a fixie gear up a hill, it's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, it's been it's been interesting to see and learn more about the sport over the past couple of years. Okay. Um, you know, me personally, um, you know, before pan before the pandemic, I did buy a mountain bike just yeah. to ride with the kids. Yeah. And um, since then, I really haven't rode it, but <laughs> I'm working on a gravel bike. So oh, um, yeah. definitely interested in uh, you know, maybe getting some rides, going out Pocahontas, introducing people to another uh, another part of cycling instead mm -hmm. of just yeah. always being on the road. Mm -hmm. um, you know, definitely, um, you know, some have a little hesitant to riding on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we, uh, for the majority of our rides, we do leverage the Virginia Capital Trail. Okay. One, yeah. it's safe. Yeah. Uh, there's no traffic. I mean, there's a couple of places where you got to cross uh, Route 5 or something, but yeah. majority of it yeah. is protected. 
Yeah. So when we do have a beginner and, or someone who maybe is not used to riding on the road, you know, there's it's more it's more safe. Um, okay. Whereas you know the more experienced people, they know how to ride on the road, talk, communicate. Um, I think that's the biggest thing when riding on the road is being able to communicate, being able to look out for one another, um, being to spot potential hazards, um, and also being aware of traffic. Yeah. Um, and so definitely having a lot of rides on the Capitol Trail has encouraged people to be more active in riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, wish it was like an easy button to where the fall line could be built in, in <laughs> one year, two. We're years working on it. Yeah. Versus five on, yeah. years. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm counting. I'm like, well, I might be. Uh, am I still gonna be riding by that time? You'll still be. You'll still be riding <laughs> so, in some capacity. Um, but definitely um, love the trails. Um, yeah. And then also at times, you know, love to get out on the open road. Um, before before riding, before getting into cycling, I never knew about bike route one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then when I you know uh, rode it and I saw the sign, I was like, I never did, I never knew we actually had uh, you know si- bike route. Um, yeah. signs with a bike route on it. And so then when the wife and I went down to uh, 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 what's the beach in Hampton? Buckrow Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we seen all those bike route, uh, you know, identif- you know, markers and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, we've been coming down here for years, and I never noticed these signs ever right. until until I started riding. So right. it's good. Um, definitely like um, like to hear what Brandon was talking about connecting more things. Um, yeah. Because when planning rides or planning routes, you always try to pick the safest route. Yeah. And you say, okay, how can I get from point A to point B without having to go through 64? Yeah. Um, so. Definitely looking forward to some more infrastructure and making it easier for you know people that want to get out on a bike and enjoy, okay. whether it's for fitness, community, or just getting to work. Okay. Definitely looking forward to those new advances. Okay, okay. Um, now, uh, Carmen, um, what what do you do with RVA more? Everything. Jack of all trades. Yeah. One thing that I tell people, like at the Tenant River Rock last last week, you know, I'm like, I get out there with a shovel once, twice a year. Yeah. A lot of times if I do go to the trail work day, you know, I'm also the one taking the pictures, picking mm-hmm. up the donuts, those kinds of things. <laughs> um, but we all have, you know, space where we can give back. And so, like where Chiron was even just saying, you know, there's so many different ways to be involved, whether it's, you know, community, getting to work, exercise, etc. Uh, you know, one of my big things is ride for the rider that you are today. Okay. And that can change a lot over the course of your life. So, mm-hmm. I rode a little bit as a kid, and then I rode yeah. when I was going to VCU and when I was teaching at VCU, you yeah. know, doing my little two and a half mile commute. Yeah. And I don't know how this happened to me, but I got involved in triathlon okay and after i did an iron man i was like <laughs> wait okay do, <laughs> do, done with that okay yeah <laughs> and i'd always said oh i would never ever ever mountain bike that's yeah. so dangerous and terrifying <laughs> so you know fast forward a few years i'd been off the bike and i wanted to get into mountain biking because it just seemed fun in touch with the outdoors non-competitive of course, yeah. I immediately got hooked up with, like, some racing people. But <laughs> after, you know, just aging, health issues, all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I think where I've really found my niche is in, like, that building community part. So I've gotten involved with a couple of women's groups. Okay. Um, you know, like, any women that are mountain biking in the Richmond area are going to know Laureen Davidson and women's okay. multi-sports of Richmond as being an area where people got in, as well as Lunachicks, and then uh, Kendall Ryan, who had been one of the key players on Lunachicks, um, took the opportunity to start a Bell Helmet-sponsored program, Bell Joyride, back in 2016, and I became one of the ride leaders for that program. And when Kendall moved to Boulder in 2019, she asked me if I would take over that program. Okay. Since then, uh, I've joined the board of RVA more. Just okay. some trying to amplify women's voices as well okay. as women's engagement okay. and things. And uh, now that Bell has moved on to other areas within the United States, RVA more because of this connection, I've been able to say, "Hey, fellow board members, yeah. can we use this insurance now to, you know, continue having?" A women's program okay and some of the things that I think are so important about that really just to echo what Chiron's saying is 
having that safe spot for beginners. Yeah. I mean, I remember like going out on my first uh, triathlon training ride, and you know, it's the first time I'd been on a bike in years, and yeah. we rode six miles at West Creek Parkway, yeah. which at the time was one of the safe spots mm. to ride. Still is, yeah. and. Even now, when I listen to people talk about beginner rides, and they're like, oh, it's it's just a 20-mile beginner ride. <laughs> and when I did that six-mile ride, yeah. and I talked about that Farm Bureau Hill for years. Yeah. And then with the safety aspect, too, before the Capitol Trail, you know, like... My other Ironman training partners were off on these country roads where people are throwing, I don't know, beer cans and cigarettes at you. And one of my friends and I, we just, you know, we would do 80 miles at West Creek. Yeah, and just, just, just do wow. our loops wow. and chit chat. And, uh, you know, so when I look at things like the Capitol Trail and now having the full line in the works, like, how awesome is that? And, like, Clark and I were just talking because. I started mountain biking in about 2013 mm -hmm. and first of all felt like a old lady then and you know that was almost 10 years ago yeah. but that was right before the whole Swift Creek system yeah. that was before poop loop became Ankara's landing yeah. <laughs> and everything mm -hmm. and uh, you know like just looking at the accessibility and the way that we can get mm -hmm. not only beginners you know, involved in a comfortable setting, but there's so much room for this overlap. So yeah. that's really what I try to do, not only by joining RVA more, but yeah. you know, I, I show up at all Brantley's things. Um, and there's such a, it's just such a bigger community yeah. than, than we think it is. And I think that that's one thing sometimes, like I'm definitely a generalist and I'll yeah. tell people my mountain bike riding and my road bike riding looks eerily similar <laughs> so uh, you know how can we make a comfortable space for everybody to get involved not only for their own enjoyment of the riding yeah. but also having some responsibility to the community and the infrastructure um, all ships rise with the tide that's one of my favorite sayings mm -hmm. so when you help support all these different groups eventually mm -hmm. everybody rises up from that you know so a hundred percent and we, we noticed that from way back in the beginning, you know, people from a trail building aspect, that's my part, you know, people want you to build the really like the jump trail and all this, but what you have to realize is the bigger part of the community is that beginner to intermediate group. And those are the people that need somewhere to ride that's safe, that is of their skill level. So when you start out and you build the stuff that serves the larger numbers, then eventually people start taking a node and an interest. And through that interest, all ships start rising with the tide. You know? It brings a greater awareness that, hey, in the RVA, we've actually now got a whole lot of bike stuff going on from paved to trail to you know, gravel. And all of these things have evolved over time to the point where so many more people are involved in it. Corporations, individuals, the city and state parks themselves. They're, everybody just starts seeing that, wow, this is a pretty cool thing that's mm -hmm. going on. And, you know, not everybody has to be a trail builder. I tell yeah. people that all the time. You, you, can, you can find a way to get involved if you yeah. like what's going on and you'd like to support it. You know, we'll take your money, <laughs> but also um, we'll put it to good use. But there's other ways. You know, you don't have to be a trail builder yeah. or donate some huge sum of money. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of little ways that you can help out. And at the end of the day, once again, all the groups that support cycling in the RVA, yeah, they all rise up. All, they all know. benefit from it. Yeah. And I have to give, a, I have to brag on my panelists here because uh, uh, we talk about people and and uh, safety and numbers. So in, in transportation uh, and bike safety advocacy, there's a concept safety and numbers that the more people you have riding, the safer riding gets because people are more used to seeing it. Um, but also, like there's these these extra or additional levels of experience where like everyone has been on a trail everyone has knows someone who's been on a trail everyone has like a mountain biker in their family or a triathlete or someone who bikes to work like everybody knows like that bike person if, if like yeah i buy a bike what bike should i get they ask that person yeah um i've seen 50 people volunteer uh out in the woods at pocahontas a park with clark 
I've seen 80 people at uh, formerly Bell Joyride, now RVA Joyride, all women riding mountain bikes together uh, at various levels and like working together as groups. It's not one person who's like this aggressive person who I'm going to go like hit these jumps, but it's like, I need someone to help me show me the ropes. And like, yeah. I, I just got this bike. I don't know anything about it. Maybe yeah. I need to change my saddle height or something. Yeah. Um, and I've seen 200 people. I, that was my head count at one of the first uh, urban cycling group rides back in 2020 when they were getting started. And it was like, I just showed up. Like I heard about it. I, I did the bike Monday bros and the, um, you and your, your peers were at the, Monroe Park during that event, and, and you just get a shout out for it. It's like I'm gonna go check it out. It's like there are 200 people at Dogwood yeah. Hill Amphitheater. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, hopefully this doesn't get out of hand. And I don't think it did. And it was pretty nice. <laughs> now we were able to move through um, and uh, you know have a good ride. A lot yeah. of people showed up. Um, you know, of course the pandemic kind of helped the number to allow mm -hmm. a lot of people to come out. But yeah. um, you know, it was, it was a great scene, great, um, great event where, you know, we got people that probably didn't touch a bike in years to come mm -hmm. out and just, you know, participate in the 10-mile ride. Um, that's some of the things we try to, you know, keep in the back of my mind is, like you said, have something for everyone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, running an organization sometimes mm -hmm. gets a little hard to, to do everything for everyone. Yeah. Um, so you got to kind of pick, and, pick, pick mm -hmm. your spots where, mm -hmm. okay, maybe this, this ride that we do maybe twice a year or once a year. Yeah. It's focused on this particular niche. Um, yeah. Then we have this one that's focused on this niche. And yeah. then we, you know, with our ride with us that we do every month, that yeah. allows everyone to get involved, you okay. know, based on your skill level. Yeah. But then we have these particular events that are specific to a either yeah. a social ride, yeah. a cause, uh, a get after it type of ride, yeah. or, um, you know, just something to, to crush your miles on. So. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question for, for everyone, I'll let y'all chime once I, I give the question. Like, how do we encourage more people to get out riding? Like, we've, we've got the, the, the new trails that are coming, you know, um, we've got the different groups. Like, how do we encourage more people to out get out riding? You know, um, like, what are, what are your all thoughts? What? Uh, women. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for herbicide group we have a lot of women yeah um and when the women speak up a lot yeah. of people listen okay um and so um <laughs> i think definitely women social media yeah um being able to promote it successfully on the social media platforms um and you know just not always think of being on a bike as x games tour de france uh yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know real how strong people that do um, crit racing or yeah. you know the, the guy you know the woman or guy that wanted to try out the line it's different levels to it it's, mm -hmm. um, it's ways you can just get on the trail or a bike and just enjoy yourself like yeah. I said use it for motor transportation yeah. um, I think if you show different different people and different ways of how you can use a bike yeah. more right. um, I think that engage more people and then also mm -hmm. um, I don't know how we can do it, but like yeah. we do uh, sometimes our social rides. You yeah, know, we have a little treat at the end where we stop at a brewery or something. Right. So you know, always have food some and type food of and beverage seems to be a great motivator. A um, festival, you know, yeah. a bike and a festival go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say. Well, for example, you've been asking about what kind of things can do it. Yeah. And just to give a little shameless plug, we have out at the park on right. June 18th. We have an enduro event called Poke Go. And Poke Go is a great type of event if you were relatively new to the sport. Okay. Because basically what you do, um, and forgive me to those folks, it's a lot of volunteers that put a lot of time into this. Yeah. But um, you basically buy a ticket, you get a beverage and some food afterwards, mm -hmm. but you get to ride the downhill trails yeah. only, I mean, okay. that are timed. Okay. So everybody loves on a mountain bike to go downhill, right? That's what you're pedaling for. Yeah. So uh, it's a great event because it allows you to go out on your local trails and say, like, I can blast along down on these trails. Mm -hmm. I can get timed. And, you know, right. these are the trails they ride. It allows you to see what kind of fun that is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so different events like that right. are, are ways. The other thing, too, is where different groups you know evolve out of this you can also much more see the underserved community mm -hmm. um, is getting more involved now because as the groups that maybe originated you know RVA Moore was way back yeah um, and 
like RABA and whatnot, you know, as those groups get stronger and whatnot, it allows more resources to be shared. Mm -hmm. And when you can share those, it helps support groups like the RCC, Richmond Cycling Corps, which is the legacy group. Mm -hmm. And that was Craig Dodson and Matt Kuhn. Okay. And they've come a long way and they do some fantastic work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get to see these groups are now, you know, coming into their own over many years of really hard work. Yeah. Um, and, and we've done some stuff out at the park where we try to help serve some of the greater community. I know Robba does that with Andrew Mann and, and Brantley can talk in more detail, but yeah. um, those offer ways to get involved too. You know, yeah. If you like helping support your community in the areas that need it most, yeah. um, those are some of the avenues that you okay. can get involved. Okay. okay. And I think that's where community becomes so important because, you know, we started off talking about, like, you know, what are we building as far as single track and what are we building as far as paved trail? And, you know, you can say, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. they also need to be invited Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. feel welcome. And I even think those are two different things, you know, like, are we just issuing an invitation or are we also creating a space? And, you know, Clark just mentioned several of the other spaces where where people are welcome, and yeah. like starting with the urban cycling, or you know, I don't think we've even mentioned yet, but the Black Girls Do Bike mm-hmm. Richmond chapter yes. that Tamara Brodno started a few years ago, and Sandra Norman, uh, you know, is playing a huge role in, and they're getting ready to hit a thousand members, like any second now. Wow. I'm wow. really hoping for still during Bike Month, wow. but um, you know, we've let me call some people. Yeah, (laughs) and we've got about 500 women um, in the RVA Joyriders group now, and sometimes it's just doing that reach out. I was telling Clark right before this, you know, a woman had posted in one of the general trail riding groups just, hey, I haven't ridden in 20 years. Can you recommend, can anyone recommend a trail or two that I'd be comfortable with? Yeah. And I'm like, well, do you want to ride with me? Yeah. PM'd her and then posted up in the group, does anyone want to ride with us? Yeah. And like, you know, two hours later, I've got 15 people that want to ride. Nice. So it's setting expectations, like, you know, this is what's going to happen at this ride, who wants to come, and just knowing Support. that there's that mm-hmm. that welcoming space. So yeah. I like her on that you also mentioned, like, having different rides for different reasons. and. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always going to be something, but just making sure that our community feels welcome. And I think it really is, it's like two plus two equals five. And we just see that exponential growth where, you know, once somebody sees, hey, I've really enjoyed this particular group or this particular type of riding, but maybe I'm moving in a particular direction now, who can I bring with me? That will enhance that experience because we really are so much stronger together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, like, what do we think of some like the, the, the barriers? Like we want to get more people out riding. Like what do we think of some of the barriers to getting people out to, to ride? Um, well, I think we said safety. I mean, people feel like it's dangerous. Uh, cars aren't really present a major psychological impediment to like yep. wanting to throw your leg over a bike and go out there and try something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, Clark is, is sort of motioning to his phone, but the past couple of years, it just seems like it's absolutely ramped up where I've, you, I drive with a lot of situational awareness. I don't look at my phone and like yeah. I, I have maybe a strong critical eye to the other drivers around me. And I, yeah. you, when you when you have that approach, you can see just how bad people drive. Yeah. And like someone goes 25 miles an hour faster than you around you on the interstate, and you can see that they're looking at their lap. It's like yeah. they, like you never saw their face one time as they're as they're going by you. Like that is just crazy. And of course, we don't bike on the interstate. Yeah. Uh, I should say for all the attorneys who are listening. But um, <laughs> we uh, it's it just hasn't gotten much better. And so I think the separation from cars has been more and more a focus. And it's crazy to think about it. Like uh, before the Virginia Capital Trail was built, let's call it like the early 2000s, there was a lot of pushback from the recreational riding community, thinking that it would be a detriment to bike riding because it would lead to less safety because having, having the capital trail built really yeah okay is, there I, I don't know how many um folks I, I doubt many people share this this sentiment anymore but at the time people were saying oh we're not going to be allowed to ride on roads anymore because they're going to try to build this separate thing for us <laughs> and then we're okay. going to be ostracized and okay. marginalized and it's like the, you, 
I, I don't think it was a loud majority who shared that, right. but we did have to, within our own ranks, deal with this disagreement. Yeah. And, and thank gosh we, you know, we, we persevered and we were able to be successful and get the Capitol Hill yeah. built. Um, and like, think about how different our world would be right now, or, or the Richmond region would be if we didn't have that. We wouldn't yeah. have the fall line for sure, and we wouldn't have groups using it every yeah. weekend. It mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't be a place for people of all ages to go out there. We wouldn't have people running and walking and pushing strollers on it. Sure. Um, I think, I, I, I don't want to come across, it, across as like this super anti-car person, but it is the biggest barrier. Uh, yeah. Everything else is really easy to solve. Like if someone is, is a little bit worried about the bike, we can, we can help you ride the bike. That's right. not that difficult. And then uh, even with riding on the road, um, I typically try not to ride by myself. I always try to have a wingman or someone yeah, or a group. Um, I mean, I, I do ride on, on the road by myself, but I don't yeah. like to. Um, yeah. And if I do, it's early in the morning with less traffic, um, you know, lights, bright bright uniform on and everything mm -hmm. so I can be make sure someone sees me at least. Yeah. Um, but like you said, uh, just being safe on the road best as you can. Sometimes right. people get scared of it, but um, like having the trails or just having a section of West Creek, uh, having that section uh, where, I mean, yeah, there are cars doing normal business hours, but on the weekend, it's kind of right. like a ghost yeah, town. It's, it's very, it's yeah, good, very little traffic. A good place to kind of, you know, try some things out, um, you know, get your fitness in. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's hopefully things that you know, as more more people get on the bike, I think you know, I don't know if that's in the statistics, uh, how many people are now riding. Yeah, is that leading to the increase of the car and bike uh, issue? But um, you know, as we continue to get more and more people on the bike, um, just having that safe space. Um, okay, I think I'm, be great. I'm curious, do people still use West Creek the way that they used to ten years ago? Yes, um, and I think it's, it, you know, it still is very popular in the triathlon community because it's so easy to park there, ride your bike, and do your run all from the same place. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I mean, when I used to do that, I would, I'd a thousand percent be on the Capitol Trail now, but we would like do our little bike and then we called it the nubbin and we would just do loops on the little yeah. one mile at the end with our, you know, cooler or whatever mm -hmm. because... I mean, at that point, you kind of just want to die. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm not recommending it to you, Brantley, for your running. But <laughs> well, in the old days, I, I came up through the uh, VCU cycling club. That I got bitten by the bug from Matt Kuhn and some other folks when we were a lot younger, and we'd go out and just. We didn't have Strava wasn't really around at the time. We weren't. We didn't have the money to have like really nice garments, so like we just used kind of what crappy things we had. And we would just ride all day, and I really miss those days sometimes. But we would ride from campus to West Creek to do a couple of loops and come back. And it's like it's like we yeah. we'd go to the safety for yeah. a minute, but we had to get through everything else to get there, which well, I think is I, kind of funny. I did that some too, like rode down Patterson to get there. Mm -hmm. But oh there is it's, there's something about just the safety in the space. Yeah. Like even if something happens, you know that you're right there. We didn't even have kindred spirit there when I was riding. You know, it was the yeah. it was the wetsuit spot. But yeah. I'll do that now too. And you know, I, I know we made a few nods to gravel riding and that yeah. kind of hybrid. But I'll leave my house sometimes just on my gravel bike, and I might ride a little bit of single track, like Dogwood Dell on it, and yeah. then you know go through the parks, hit the you know like the canal walk, and then I'm like, I'll go ahead and ride you know 10 miles up the Capitol Trail. So. When we start talking about those things with like the fall line um, being built for a connector and having all the offshoots, like it just gets exciting about thinking about that type of infrastructure where you can get to your biking destination by yeah. biking commuting. Right. I, I'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Um, one of the things I would say that's contributed to bike numbers going up was the pandemic. Um, yes. You know, from a park standpoint, it just showed a ginormous value in trails because that was one of the few things people could still go out and do even at the height of the pandemic. So what we saw were just record numbers of people. And I think it shows, it gives a, a good litmus test to our community leaders, the people that you know, like Brantley's involved with and whatnot, it shows them the true economic value of trails in general, whether they're dirt trails or paved trails. The cycling community grew tremendously out of the pandemic. 
yeah. and that was because that was one of the few things that people could still go do. Right. There's still a social element in it. There's still a fitness element in it. Um, and it, it basically, the trails help keep people healthy, Insane. both mentally yeah. and physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to tack on to what Clark just said about that too, because yeah. I think that, you know, particularly with what we talk about with road cycling and cars and everything, there's so much legislation that has to happen, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And on the dirt, we're a lot of times counting on people to, you know, self-monitor and just be kind. And yeah. one of the things that we've noticed with the pandemic was a, where RVA more comes in, not only with trail building and advocacy, but also just that kind of education, like, you know, bikes yield to pedestrians and equestrians and, you know, uh, uphill or downhill yields to uphill, which isn't always very popular. And, but just kind of that being polite on the trail, but then we're rewarded by for example, when we talk about these timelines, and one of the reasons why Jerry Trail got delayed was with the huge flooding yeah. that happened in Pocahontas in 2020, but we had about 300 volunteers come yeah. out um, after that to, to help work on the All trails, too. Yeah. So it was amazing. It was, yeah. I mean, that was so just heartwarming. Right. Mm -hmm. Have that see. many people come out and, and, and help support and rebuild right. And also, yeah. um, also go to your question about how do we increase the numbers or get more people riding. Yeah. Um, one, I would say, uh, I think what has helped also, Facebook Marketplace, mm -hmm. um, one being an avenue um, for people to get, um, you know, secondhand bikes, because um, yep. it is an inexpensive sport, uh, as I come to learn. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have to, you know, shell out, you know, a lot of money for a good bike, but if you yeah. can find something that you can at least try out and use to see if you know, cycling, riding, mountain biking, uh, gravel riding is something you want to do. I think, you know, one, having access to affordable uh, bikes as well as even rental uh, bike, bike companies that do rent bikes um, yeah. is a good opportunity for people to kind of test their foot without, you know, jumping in the deep end. Um, and, right. You know, spending spending several grand on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a, an answer I wanted to tack on to that question too, which I think is really... That's a great question. I think one that like our organizations really wrestle with a lot. Like, how do we keep getting right. more people to come? I think yeah. we can assume that there's going to be a. Um, we're always going to be losing people to attrition. Like people mm -hmm. move out of the community, they they get injured, and they kind of they pick up a different sport, yep. or they get bored, or I mean any number of reasons why people might not ride as much, or you know they have they go to a bike ride and they have a bad experience. They didn't feel like their people were there, and they don't come back. Like we, we want to make sure we. we we don't have those experiences and we're as leaders in our community we got to make sure we we do our best to make people feel welcome and, yeah. and to meet them where they are but i think it's really important for us to have a vision and uh i came up in a time when um only a few miles of the virginia capitol trail were finished and we'd ride mm -hmm. 30 miles out route five to get to a couple of miles in charles city that had uh, the, the virginia yeah. section yeah. of the capitol trail that's just crazy like nobody would i mean i, I I guess people could still do that now, but I, it's hard to imagine that people would, would really like, like get up in the morning on a Saturday and like I'm going to go ride 30 miles and ride a couple of miles of the Capitol Trail mm -hmm. in Charles City. Don't but, tell Brantley, but a lot of us just drove out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> hey, no just trail here. somehow, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But I, it was really useful to have this like the Capitol Trail is going to be a thing. Like, we just mm -hmm. have to keep it, and yeah. like we we were at the the cap to cap ride was this really culture buildings and, and like community building event that of course raised money for the Capitol Trail Foundation yeah. as they were building it mm -hmm. but also like you saw the people at the Capitol Trail each ride or, or, or uh, Cap to Cap ride each year and you, each year you got to celebrate a couple miles being built and that was a really valuable thing yeah. um, the world championships were another thing for five years we talked about having the world championships here and I remember watching at um, the Capitol Ale House they had a um, then Mayor Dwight Jones went to Copenhagen in 2011 for the announcement that Richmond was going to be selected for 2015. Mm -hmm. And he's like, got his selfie camera up and he's on this giant, uh, like, floor to ceiling projector where it's just his face and is like a <laughs> little bit like an authoritative, authoritative uh, figure. But he said, you know, we're in Copenhagen and we've been selected for the World Championships and that's, woo, and like yeah. four years of us being able to leverage everything we could, yeah. all the funding we could get, all the cultural awareness. We were in the news, like, the bike race was in the news in the paper every single day for yep. four years. Like, 
like we have we have to create that next thing. It's not going to happen on its own. And okay. uh, whether it's a world championship or it's like a downhill uh, mountain bike race or like I mean, any any I mean a bike festival of some kind, uh, we should be thinking about what that next big thing is. And I, I think the fall line is one of those things, but it right. really can't be the only thing. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited about the the prospect of completing a connection between the James River Park system and Pocahontas State Park for a, a ride center. And I, I mean, the ride center, I think we technically are a bronze, if that's uh, by, We're a bronze by Emba. Yes. And it'd be great if we could be silver. Uh, I think the only silver Emba ride center in Virginia is Roanoke. And I think there aren't any all that close to us. You have to go to North Carolina. I think, it it starts getting into different amounts of elevation and things like that, that we don't really have a lot of control over. But um, Clark, just say challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can just build we've some dreamed big over the a lot of years, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people behind that, and uh, and we've achieved a lot of those goals, you know, from mm-hmm. a from a mountain biking single track standpoint, because that's what I've been involved in. But um, there there are a lot of great people behind uh, all the things that have occurred, and to tag on to Brantley's thing, you know. That was how a lot of the new trails out at Pocahontas and all got started, was a conversation between RVA Moore's then president, Greg Rollins, and um, the uh, council to the governor at the time, uh, McConnell's uh, council was Jason Ig, and, and that was Greg Rollins and Jason Ig getting together, and the governor basically saying to RVA Moore, help us create an off-road legacy project that would match up with the world's coming to Richmond. And that's what, and we eventually became an, an EMBA bronze level ride center. Okay. And so it, again, I hate to keep reusing it, but all ships start rising with the tide. You know? Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Um, so as we discussed like the, the barriers, um, and I guess the thought is like, yeah, what's the what's the next big thing to, to kind of motivate people to keep them excited about riding in, in Richmond, in the area kind of thing? Um, and I guess is that thing we, we need to put on the organizations or like we as individuals? Like, thoughts? Anyone? Mike? I could say from the, uh, the statewide advocacy sort of strategic level, we're trying to figure out how to get more bike programming to youth across the state. I mean, okay. the youth are the future, right? Okay. And if you learned how to ride a bike in traffic uh, at the same time that you were learning how to drive a car, imagine how differently your, your life might be as you go to college and you, you, know, you, you have the rest of your life. And that's been a really important lesson or, or example to learn from uh, in D.C. where every public school student has a bike program in their P.E. Uh, curriculum in, 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 in elementary school. Uh, and of course, DC is a smaller footprint. It's a, it'd be much, it'd be it'd be difficult to tackle that on a statewide level in Virginia. But we could probably make big, uh, a big swath of that in a legislative decision. And so taking that to the General Assembly and convincing them of the value of like, we could probably see better safety numbers if everyone learned how to ride a bike when they were a kid. Um, and because a part of that is humanizing the, the bike rider. Like right, part of yeah. the danger that we yeah. experience is that when you're a driver and you've never been anything but a driver, except for when you walk from the parking lot to your house or something like that. Yeah. And I lived that life, so I'm not being super judgmental. Right, but right, I didn't, right. I didn't. I grew up not feeling like I had that option. Uh, and we want to make sure that people feel like they have that option. But if you, as soon as you ride your bike in traffic, and you have one of those scary expenses or experiences, yeah. mm-hmm. you become a better driver. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. do not do that to other people. Right. And, uh, right. you know, it comes back around. And uh, that's something that we can really instill in young people. And, and just imagine, like, all the different societal problems that we could mitigate or at least start to address if young people rode bikes a lot right? and, or mm-hmm. uh, just for going to get ice cream or uh, all the things that you do when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that most people don't even know that they don't have that option and that we can start to kind of close that gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, speaking of getting people, I guess, acclimated to, or being cyclists and getting acclimated, I, I slightly related. I once saw a video of uh, these bus drivers in training and they all had the lineup on spin bikes and then someone drove a bus like right next to them so they would understand what it felt like and you clearly saw their reaction of like, nope, that's too close kind of thing. Um, I don't know if we should do that to get people initiated <laughs> to like, you know, riding with cars kind of thing. I would, that would be a, a barrier, I think, if we had to force people to do that. Um, I will say we have a, a little bit of a crowd audience of, Chris, everyone, do we have any questions for the, for the panel of any at all? 
uh, Brantley, Clark, and y'all, any of y'all have any questions at all for, for the panel? Maybe not. No? Okay. Thought I'd put all of y'all on the spot. They're all having questions a great time. Yeah, I was saying, his hat says it all. Yeah. Why you you like to have a bike trail going to short pump. So, this is a this is a, a really uh, timely question. So the uh, Henrico County is working on its bike plan as a part of its uh, Henrico Next comprehensive plan, and it's the first time the county's ever done it. Uh, the the county has been aggressively building bike and pedestrian infrastructure over the past couple of years. They've had a bit of a uh, leadership or, or, or a sea change in their leadership, and they've heard a lot from residents that, that Henrico residents want more bike and pedestrian infrastructure. Uh, it was not like that 10 years ago. Um, and so they don't currently have a plan. They've just been building project after project. They have just new protected bike lane on, on Church Road and some other ones. Um, but they, they want to do a full-fledged plan. That plan, the draft plan, is on their website now, henriconext.us, and it's open for public comment until June 1st, so that's next Wednesday. Uh, there are lines all throughout the West End, uh, so take a look about uh, to see how those work for you. Obviously, it's a plan, and that those lines require getting selection, funding, design, all that stuff, and we can be along the way for that. But I can say right now that Henrico is really listening to residents on this, and uh, if you make a public comment about the need to do that, uh, you'll see that Church Road bike lane get extended in both directions. HenricoNext.us is their website. And Henrico, HenricoNext.us. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Josh. Nice. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, right? Um, but that is good to, 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 to know that we can comment, particularly in this case kind of thing, right? You know, on you know, letting, letting our particular, um, say, jurisdictions, because I can't think of the right word for the moment, um, know that we'd like some more cycling infrastructure kind of thing, like we support these, these causes kind of thing. Um, you know, it's good to know that we have we have some say. It's not just you know coming from nowhere kind of thing. Um, but um, did you all have like more comments? Anything else you want to add? Like anything else you all wanted to talk about that we haven't kind of brought up here? I'll just put one more plug in for some Absolutely. upcoming events. Um, you know, and and like Brantley said, we're we're not too far past. Uh, the 2021 bike month and as we're finishing up the 2022 bike month yep. one thing that i've seen is just every year there's more and more events mm -hmm. um we have more and more groups we have more and more so i think there's a lot of opportunity to do that cross-pollination by you know reaching out to people in another cycling community and mm -hmm. seeing how we can work together okay. uh so as far as um rva more and some of our other uh, mountain biking events coming up. Clark mentioned we do have Poco Go on June yep. 18, and we're also doing the grand opening of that Jerry Trail that mm -hmm. he talked about a little bit on uh, June 4. So okay. just next from Saturday, 10 to so. 12, and we'll meet up at the the true start to Jerry Trail. Okay. It's on Hawkins Forest Fire Road. Hawkins Forest Fire Road. Thank you. So bike month uh, events, not just one month, but mm -hmm. all year round. Yeah. And um, I, I just kind of like to, you know, I'm a, I've been involved with RVA more for a number of years. Um, and I would just say, you know, where, whatever way you can squeeze it into your, uh, your time or your schedule, um, look for a way, if you like what's going on, to get involved. Just try to find some way. You can start really small. I mean, I started on all this, you know, my as, my aspect of it all is I love the trail building side of it, just kind of a passion of mine. And, you know, I just started by just coming out and helping work on trails like 22 years ago. And now I am a paid employee of Pocahontas State Park to help build and design and maintain the trails out there. Uh, the James River Park system, Andrew Ali and his trail crew, they always need help. We always need help out at the park. Um, RVA Moore tries to start this, so that's rvamore.org and Friends of Pocahontas, so that's fopsp.org. They're all nonprofits. And, um, you know, all of these different groups can use the community support in whatever way you choose or feel most comfortable uh, getting involved. Thank you. Um, and Kyron, like, what's going on with UCG next? Uh, so we'll be doing a ride on um, uh, Father's Day weekend. Uh, we'll be uh, also at the Hardywood um, event where we'll be up as a 
uh, participating as a vendor uh, okay. where if people could come and learn more about Urban Cycling Group. Nice. Uh, we will have our annual um, uh, Founders uh, Riding event okay. um, that will take place July 30th. Uh, we will be at Dory Park. Uh, so come out. Uh, we'll be posting more information about that as we get into the month of July. Okay. And then we'll be doing a, a collaboration ride in um, D.C. on August 6th with uh, another group called We Ride D.C. Mm-hmm. Where we'll be doing a social ride uh, through the Capitol. Um, and then also um, uh, we're we going down to Atlanta for a huge ride, which is called the uh, One Love Century. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be taking a group um, of riders uh, from the Urban Cycling Group down to uh, explore um, another state. Um, we did a successful ride when we did the uh, the New York Five Borough ride. That was a great yeah. event. Uh, so we're looking to duplicate that and get more participation and uh, traveling down to Georgia for a nice little ride in an event. Um, I do uh, recommend everyone try to do the Five Borough ride if you can at some point in your life. Um, yeah, Brantley. I'd like to say, you know, we're wrapping up Bike Month yeah. in a couple of days, and I'm looking forward to taking a couple of weeks off. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, I'll say, um, you know, a little bit of a reflection about 2022 is it, the, the pandemic is not over, but a lot of things in life are kind of returning somewhat to what, you know, people are coming out, we're doing events. Obviously, I want to tell you to be safe and, and do the best thing you can to, to not be sick and not spread sickness. But I also think that we're at a time where... Um, we have gotten used to spending a lot of time in our home offices and, and working from home in our computer. And one of the things that I think is, is hasn't really like gotten re-sparked in, to the same degree, and I'm looking at my good friend Greg over here uh, from RABA, um, we need volunteers. Like As volunteers, you can really make a big impact on your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm looking at the, my panelists here are all volunteers for Bike Month and have been for years. Uh, but we also, um, you know, events don't happen and like these these moments where we get to get together in the woods for Pokego or for you know uh, wherever we're riding um Pokego can't happen without volunteers yeah. uh, uh Dominion Energy River Rock can't happen without volunteers uh I know like I've seen dozens of volunteers for RVA Joyride uh we you help create an experience for dozens or hundreds of people uh and you help like not lose momentum for when you have annual events that come every year. Like you can't take for granted that the heart of Virginia is going to have everyone that they need. You have to be one of those people. Yeah. Um, and w- it's the difference between having a great experience or someone doing their first heart of Virginia and it's like not what they expected. And so right. like we all have uh, we all have a bit of a responsibility to to give as much as we take from um, these these uh, the, the big team lift efforts. Yeah. Uh, and I, I ask a lot of people <laughs> for volunteer time mm-hmm. for bike month and other things around the year, but I also want to make sure that I'm doing some heavy lifting too. Right, so we're, we're not just doing the rides, we're actually supporting, you know, reach out and supporting the community ourselves, doing the volunteering ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, well, uh, I'd like to thank all of y'all for, for showing up um, <laughs> uh, to do this. So I appreciate it. Clark, uh, Carmen, no Tyron, no Brantley. Um, if we didn't you, show up, Trey. we'd be on the record. <laughs> right, yeah, that's right. They didn't show up, guys. It's just me. Um, <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, but either way, um, and I have no idea where they're at, but you know, thanks to the uh, uh, Star Hill crew for letting me uh, do this here at the Star Hill Brewery. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody's still enjoying Bike Month. And uh, this, has been, this has been fun. I'll see you all out on the road or trails for that matter. Thank you, Trey, for Thanks, having Trey. us. Thank you, Trey. Appreciate it. Thanks for organizing. Awesome.